turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. Uh, We're going to continue our conversation from last week. I have my my son, uh, my namesake, Joseph Oliver. Cornelius Alonzo Sutton, known as Juice, the comedian here. And uh, and so uh, by the time you hear this, uh, I would have had shoulder surgery. Uh, just pray for me. Some of you know how painful that can be. And uh, especially shoulder replacement surgery. And so uh, my son is going to take over the show until I can uh, uh, mobilize myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be hard with one arm. I've been dealing with one arm for almost three years. I finally put it off and after praying and, and trying every kind of rehab and everything like that, I'm getting it replaced and uh, so that life can be a little better on the back end. And so he's going to come in here. But today we're going to continue our conversation. Uh, last week, as you know, we talked about uh, Martin Luther King and the impact it had on our lives and, and the direction we do and what we do and, and, and uh, how we do it and try to encourage you in turn to look at it more than just as a holiday or as an African-American holiday, but to look at it more from the object of his faith and what it motivated him to do and the sacrifices that he made, not because of uh, his people, but because of his faith. You know, one of the big buzzwords today is always social justice, you know, social justice. Everybody wants to go out there and do something. And, uh, but we want to do it within the confines of our schedule. And uh, and you see, when God gets a hold of a person, whether it's Martin Luther King, uh, Jonah, you know, Paul, you know, your schedule goes out the window. And uh, it's, you say, it's no longer I that live it, but Christ that liveth in me. Mm-hmm. But today I want just to get a little a uh, little bit more down to the to the to the everyday uh, down to life thing. You know, uh, and I always told my kids just because we live in the hood. Doesn't mean we act like we in the hood. You know, we can have a certain level that we can do. And and as you listen to this show, uh, the show has an urban perspective because I'm an urbanite. The word of God is still primary and the word of God is applicable whether you're urban, suburban, rural, on the moon. I don't care where you are. You know, it's still applicable. And uh, and so that's the main thing in our lives. It's not whether we're conservative or liberal, but we need to be biblical. You know, what I mean, that's what we need to be biblical. I tell people I'm biblical. If you're going to tag me with a tag, tag me as biblical. And uh, and that's what you do. But we still got to live life out in this everyday earth. And uh, I'm going to really, really, really put pressure on my guest today. And I'm asking questions and he's got to give answers. You know, first one, 
first stage of, of life. You know, uh, Joe, how was it growing up in North Minneapolis? I'm talking about on the real. You know, everybody think, you know, people call my church all the time. Is it safe for me to park my car over there? <laughs> Will, will we be all right if we come visit right, your church? Right. You know what I mean? And I know people probably listen to this radio show and say, well, you know, I like to visit this church, but man, I heard about North Minneapolis. People, 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 people dying over there. They make it sound like it's Beirut part two. Yeah. You know what I mean? But as a, as a young kid growing up in, and I mean, you were born over there, mm-hmm. raised over there. Uh, you know, was it that horrible? Like, no, I don't think so. So, like, <laughs> it it was always weird because, you know, when you shipped me off to Benil, like, that was some of the main questions that people asked. Benil like, what? Benil St. Margaret's in St. Louis Park. St. Louis Park, Catholic yeah. school. Catholic school, yeah. But, like, I don't think growing up over North was that bad. Like, for me, it was one of them things where I was just so, I was just so used to everything around me that, like, it just was a normal, it was a normal day. Like, it was, like, the way that, it seems on the news is not how it is on the street. Like we still, we was out playing basketball, going to the park, hanging the, the out. Mama organizing kickball tournaments. Yeah, like kickball Every- tournaments. Uh, <laughs> Uncle Heiser throwing basketball tournaments at Lincoln and like playing football in the field. And it was it was a good time. Like I feel like it was a it was more of a community than anything. And like every community with low income there's always that issue of problems there's always going to be crime that that comes with the the low borderline poverty environment but like were you ever robbed no your bike stolen out your yard that is true i get i've never i've never been robbed i've never been robbed but i've been stolen from (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i mean yeah like my bike was my bike has been taken like when i went to the library they they stole my bike off the off the bike rack, but like no one is like literally physically came up to me and like ran my pockets, <laughs> like no one's ever done that before. And like I and like we were always cool with pretty much everybody in the neighborhood. It usually came from people who were either new to the neighborhood or came from another neighborhood. Like the low end of North Minneapolis was kind of like its own little family. Like yeah, we we fought a little bit, but I mean we was cool two days later. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so I think that a lot of people get. Um, the perspective of North Minneapolis kind of kind of mixed up because of what they see in the news, but they don't see that we're actually like all like, it's like a close family in a way. So, so, so you go to, you, you go to Benil, right? How did Benil feel about, you know, Martin Luther King's dream opened the door for you to be able to go to Benil St. Margaret, Mm -hmm. you know, to, 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 to go to St. Louis park and go to school with people of the majority culture how did they view you in North Minneapolis? Uh, I will say a lot of them were skeptical. Well, because funny. So originally I didn't even want to go there in the first place, but, you know, it was it was it was for the best. And so um, they didn't even have buses that ran from North Minneapolis <laughs> to Benil the first time I went there. Like we either got dropped off or we caught the city bus or like in the summer times I rode my bike to football or whatever. And so like. They kind of at first because they didn't know who I was. There was always this gleam, like amongst the students, like, yeah, he he dressed different or he he talked different, and oh, he must be from the ghetto. And like they hear, I get, I I heard stuff like that all the time. Or like, have you ever been shot at? 
Hey, you in a gang <laughs> yeah. and like all these different things but like it was different but like the more that people got to know me um the more that they realized like oh this dude ain't he ain't that bad of a person and i had my flaws like you know i was i was i was one of them dudes who was who was quick to to get in an argument or roast somebody or or like fight for what i believe in <laughs> literally <laughs> so and looking at it when when Martin Luther King made the sacrifice, the vision he had of little black boys and little white girls and little white boys and little white black girls coming together, playing together, being mm-hmm. together, is that when when you actually got together with somebody and they got to know you, then the perceptions faded away. Because mm-hmm. you had perceptions too, right? Yeah. You, I mean, you had... Yeah, like going in, <laughs> I was like, oh, everybody here rich, yeah, everybody. spoiled, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. But like, I think, and that's and that's the thing that a lot of people get like mixed up is that people are not what they seem. People are not not everyone fits a certain stereotype, and I think a lot of the times we're so scared to get to know each other, and that we realize that we have more similarities than we think. And so, like going to Benilde and getting to know these people, I'm like, yo, like. Y'all really ain't like that spoiled or like snobby. And, y'all like, don't have no money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And some of them was like, yeah, y'all, y'all really don't have a lot of money. That's crazy. And it's like getting, being able to get to know people. You kind of saw that that dream that Dr. King had thought of, of of people playing together and hanging out together. Like I loved hanging out with like my friends at Benil. Some of them were richer than most. So I was, everybody hung out at that person's house because he had every game system known that was coming out. The house was big. And it was like, we enjoyed each other's company. Even though we all had our differences, we still was all like cool with each other. Like we still were all friends. And I still talk to some of those dudes to this day. Well, you know, and the other thing I, I remember clearly is that when it came time to have your open house as a senior, oh, yeah. that, Parents did not want their children coming to North Minneapolis uh, to your open house. We had to have your open house in a park. In Bryn Mawr. In Bryn Mawr, <laughs> on the south, down in there, so that they could feel comfortable allowing their children to uh, to, to, to come over there and, and to do that. So you still had those 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 misconceptions that, yeah. that come along the way. So here you are. You know, your daddy's an urbanite. He got He's raising y'all in North Minneapolis. You know, you end up at Benil St. Margaret. And then you go to the University of Northwestern in Roseville. Yeah, and you go there. Have a lot of changes. Was that a <laughs> was that another culture shock, or was or did Benil prepare you for the University of Northwestern in Roseville? Um, I feel like Benil semi prepared me, but like the Benil kids and Northwestern kids were like completely different in a way. So you had like. Like at Benil, it was one of them things where a lot of the kids there were suburban but wanted to be urban. And at Northwestern, it was like suburban and we're okay with being suburban. (laughs) So, so like, so like being able to adjust to those different, like at Benil, they were very more open with, you know, because they listen to rap music and it's like, oh, we want to be about this life, but we don't want to be about this life. And like at Benil, they or at Northwestern, it was kind of like those. We are okay with where we are in our life, and it was kind of harder to get to know some of the people there. Um, but the school itself did a pretty decent job at trying to integrate um, 
like cultural within the chapel. Um, Ms. Nina Barnes, who was like my college mom, she she did a great job of trying to integrate um, different cultures into the chapel. Um, and there were people that were very receptive and there was a lot I had to learn um, about just the different cultures that I was in. But going to Benil, I already made myself aware, like, okay, not everyone is as they seem. So therefore I need to be receptive and to getting to know these people for people rather than coming up with assumptions. And not everybody at that school thought like that. Like it wasn't a, let me get to know you for you. It's like, a, mm, you come from where? Ooh, I heard that. Da, 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 da. And that was a lot of the debate, especially like in our, we took social justice classes and stuff like that. And that's how debates got heated because people weren't listening to other people's sides of their life, they were kind of listening to rebuttal. Like, oh, no, 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 no. But, and it's like, you're not getting to know that person for that person. So how do you know, you don't truly know someone, especially as Christians. And that's what frustrated me because it's like, as Christians, we're supposed to be trying to meet people where they are. Yeah, and that's that's and, that's my greatest frustration. I would say, for me, with 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 what I do is how I, I tell people I face more prejudice as a Pentecostal mm-hmm. than I've ever faced as a black man. And I've been around some racist people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I live in Texas. Yeah. Everybody know what Vida, Texas? Vida, Texas is the, the main seat of the Ku Klux Klan. You know what I mean? But <laughs> I got treated better than Vida than I got treated better than some folks. Mm-hmm. Because as a, as a young Pentecostal black man, you know, uh, out there in an evangelical world, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was, it, it, I should say a white evangelical world, is that I was working for Youth for Christ and, you know, having to raise my own support. And that's not something that's done in our community, raise support. And I'm out there doing different things. And, and I have a heart, you know, for urban kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I'm not urban. I mean, I'm not even talking about African-American. I'm talking about urban. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, I mean, well, I, I feel like that's another thing that people get mixed up is like in the city is not just black it's not i mean black. It, is, it is majority black but there's literally every culture in every culture inside when, of, when yeah. a person's urban he understands everybody's culture mm-hmm. he has a respect for everybody's culture right and and sometimes when you're in a majority culture you expect everybody to respect your culture mm-hmm. you know what i mean you know that 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 you're here and what you do and 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 i'd rather hang with an urban white guy mm-hmm. than to hang with a non-urban a suburban black guy yeah you know what I mean? Because they don't understand. Because they don't understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they they really don't understand. They they understand. They, they're because they're in that suburban context. They just they they're gone because yeah. they're suburban. They're under urban. They're under me. Yeah. They're suburban. Yeah. You there know was, what I mean? There was there was some of those. There was some of those guys at at Benil too. Yeah. Like where I was like, hey, and it was like, oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> Pass the busted. No, yeah. the great poupon. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, but no, and 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 in looking at that, and, and in, in light of when you do come from a strong urban background, you know, I remember growing up going to Greek town, Spanish town, uh, you know, just just everybody's mm-hmm. town. You know what I mean? And, and the level of respect, Irish neighborhood, whatever. And uh, and you knew you can go there in the daytime, but you better not go at night. You know what I mean? Because right. you're gonna get whoops. And uh, but you know, it just was a different. You at least understood and could navigate. Mm-hmm. You didn't expect everything to revolve around you. You know, and uh, and so I just want to tell everybody, you listen to Isaiah sixty one, the Radio Ministry of Spirit Lord Church, and we're coming up on a break. And after the break, I just want to talk about uh, ways as we as believers 
you know, it's one thing to look at things as as where they are in light of our culture and who we are. You know what I mean? And but race is not culture, and we can't allow mm-hmm. our, our our race to dictate our culture because our culture is always going to be different than what our race is. You can be multicultural and mono ethnic. You know what I mean? Because there are different cultures within every race. So uh, after the break, we come back and we'll talk about that and, and how to uh, live this out as a believer. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. We're in a very important business. To quote Dr. J. Vernon McGee, our business is to get the Word of God out so that he will have something to work with in the hearts of men and women of every language. This is Steve Schwetz for Through the Bible Radio, inviting you to join us for Dr. McGee's studies through the Word of God. And you'll learn about our ministry around the world in over a hundred languages and dialects. Listen to Through the Bible with J. Vernon McGee, weekday mornings at 6 on AM 980, The Mission. <laughs> nice beat. Hey, we're back again. This is Isaiah 61. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton, and I'm here with my uh, son, uh, Juice the Comedian. Uh, Juice is going to be, like I said, taking over and uh, running the show for a little while. He's not hes not new to it. You know, last year, he, you know, him and some others, some of the, my young little mentees were ran the show for about, about six weeks. I ran the show straight. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, they did. You, know, you and Tara and then, uh, you know, Anthony, then Jonathan and Anthony, they all came in and and, uh, and did a good deal. You know, one of the things that, that I'm committed to, uh, as I hear, is that when I was 27 years old, I was asking the Lord about marriage. I've been saved three years, and, man, I was like, Lord, I need a woman. <laughs> and then the Lord said to me, he said, I'm going to use you to raise up the next generation of evangelists. I said, oh, well, can't raise up the next generation without, without some babies, right? Man, babies didn't come till I was 30, almost 35 years old. You know what I mean? But the opportunity to raise up the next evangelist, it came. And uh, and so I've always had, you know, guys that I've been mentoring, especially if you're interested in urban ministry, you know, uh, just let me know any way I can serve you. You know, I'll serve you to help you get in there to understand the ins and the outs of it. Uh, been doing it a while. Uh and uh, that's what I'm known for around the country and some parts of the world is uh, you can drop me in the midst of a city and I navigate it. You know what I mean? I navigate it and network it. And, uh, and so, yeah, I got a group of young guys and ladies that are, that are, that are doing good and and you're going to hear from them. You know what I mean? In different areas, you know, medicine, preaching, comedy, entertainment, <laughs> uh, everything like that. You know, uh, Juice, uh, like you say, you can catch him on Juice the Comedian at YouTube and also on Facebook. You know, uh, he got tour. Where's your next show? Uh, Well, 
I will be, uh, so I just got a new job with the Twins. Oh, uh, you want to tell everybody about it? Yes. So uh, I will be part of a three-man team of the game day host for the Minnesota Twins. So uh, I will be at Twins Fest next weekend. Oh, next weekend? Uh, doing, Hype, hyping the crowd? Doing some game show stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, but my next show show is February 1st. Um, I have two. One is at uh, for Target headquarters. And then the next one is at Community of Herb Church in Rosemount. Rosemount. And then February 2nd, we head out to Wilmer. Wilmer? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you keep track of them, track of them there. Hey, I want to wrap this show up by saying this. You know, as as Christians, we all have to understand something. We live in a, uh, our, the history of America is called the Great Melting Pot. Many cultures have come here and blended into one. Our language is just a hodgepodge of almost every nationality. You can find root causes in our language, you know, because we came and melted together as one. And then we we, we got kind of uh, stolid, you know what I mean? You know, you know, everybody that had light pigment became white. Everybody that had dark pigment became black. And the mm. poor little brown and yellow folks, they just got left. They still fighting for position. <laughs> but now the brown folks who are also black, brown, and yellow, you know, the Hispanic community, historically Spanish community is growing. And uh, and they're going to be the majority minority in a little while. They get in there because, you know, just like the Bible says, if you want power, have babies. <laughs> be fruitful <laughs> and multiply. You know, be fruitful and multiply. I don't understand Christians that only don't want to multiply. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, coming from the man who got nine kids. But anyway, you know, but you you look at at, at life in general as a believer. You know, you we no longer look at a person's skin color or his culture as to whether or not he becomes our brother or our sister. But we look at whether or not that person has accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. You know, I teased some guys. I was at a multi-ethnic conference, and I said, you know, it's going to be hard to celebrate Black History Month in my family pretty soon. You know, my one daughter married a Jamaican, so my my grandson is half Jamaican and half whatever else she is. (laughs) And then my son marries a Laotian, you know what I mean? So now I got little loud <laughs> slash African-American kids running around here. You know, uh, you know, then we don't know what Jonathan going to bring home, you know, but it's, it'll probably it'll probably have an accent to it. You know what I mean? So as you look at because our children are exposed to the in these multicultural places, you know, they're no longer looking at people as by their race, but they're looking at them as that's my friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my friend. You know what I mean? Comment? No, that's. I feel like that's a very true statement. Um, it's slowly starting to get to that point where, um, and I mean, there still are. You still have those groups that think that, but also at the point, it's getting to the point where it's like everybody is a human being, despite mm-hmm. what color you are, despite where you come from. You're a human being, and people are starting to get to know people for people. And so, like you were saying, like. The whole like it'll get to the point soon where you don't like you just gonna be mixed with everything. <laughs> <laughs> we already mixed with yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like we just gonna that, acknowledge that we mixed yeah, with everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so and so like these things and I think it'll be important that everyone gets to know every type of culture because eventually it's just gonna be blended. So like with everything. everything. Like, well, you know, it's just thing. like when I went down to Florida and I told my daughter, I said, uh, me and Uncle Joe coming down to visit you and uh, so she told her husband so Ray, uh, my dad and his his brother coming down to visit my uncle Joe, and so 
we get down there and he walks in the house and he sees me and he sees Joe sitting there. And, you know, we, you know, I introduced Joe to him and he, and he goes in the room to change and Rosemary and him go in the room and they have an argument. He said, I thought you said that was your, your brother, your, your dad's brother. It is my dad's brother. He white. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my dad's brother though it's, yeah. like, it's my uncle joe i call him uncle joe my whole life that's uncle joe but he white he said, but she said i'm half white he could still be my uncle you yeah. know what i mean you know what I mean? because because you know people don't even understand the fact that you know that y'all got so many uncles yeah you if, if you are close to my dad in any shape way shape or form you are an uncle <laughs> you are an uncle <laughs> and they got uncles of every hue yeah. <laughs> and it goes in there Hey, I just want to thank you guys for listening to the show. I hope you uh, enjoy the lineup that my my son has planned for you. Uh, you know, I'll be doing. I just don't really know how long uh, my recovery time. You know, total recovery. They tell me it's four to five months, but they want me to stay. You know, still for a couple of weeks, and so he'll hold it down this couple of weeks as he's always done. And uh, I just want you to thank you for listening and supporting our program. And and to understand this is that. You know, I'm I'm not trying to, uh, you know, offend anybody or box anybody. I don't want the suburban folks to feel like I'm anti-suburban. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not. You know what I mean? I, I'm I'm just I'm just an urbanite uh, trying to be a voice for people in the urban context to let them know that uh, you may think that it's, it's, it's rough out there, but it's lovely in this family. So until we meet again next week, God bless you. See you later. And pray for them. Pray for them.